righty, Mr. Kirk. We are now at the portion of the program where we are going to review a film. And the film we are reviewing this week is a little ditty by the name of Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, based on the Tom Clancy novel, Without Remorse. What? He, he gets the Tyler Perry treatment, Tom Clancy. You know, He gets the Tyler Perry's Medea's family reunion. He does. Um, he gets all that. And, and who else does that? Uh, Steve McQueen. Did he do that? Or wait, wait, no, Lee, Lee Daniels, the butler. That Lee, was Daniels. So Lee Daniels. There, there are people it. out there who get to put their name before it. I'm surprised there's, John Grisham isn't one of these people because there's been lots of John Grisham movies. I'm surprised it's not like John Grisham's this, John Grisham's that. They do that with Stephen King sometimes. Yeah, and I wonder why they get that uh, that honor, that, I guess, um, the, the equivalent of knighthood in the film industry, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. What are the qualifications? Deep. You know, we need to do like an expose on on <laughs> the 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 secret dealings that say like yes. you are allowed to have your name before the movie title and you are not. Yes, it would be riveting. It would be approximately <laughs> it would be the most boring thing ever. People would be like, "No one cares. We don't care. We're fine it, with just it being the way that it is." It would be three and a half minutes of actual <laughs> exposition and uh, and real real uh really to the point and then the rest would just be sitting around for two hours just looking at the movies and dissecting the movies <laughs> right right so perfect yeah. let's do it on next week's episode of popcorn for breakfast <laughs> we'll dig into it next week um all right so we're reviewing tom clancy's without remorse starring uh michael b jordan i'm probably just gonna refer to it as without remorse for the rest of the episode because that's yes. that's a mouthful um kirk you my friend have the honor Nay, the privilege of of synopsing this film for us. So whenever you're ready, my friend. Yes, yes. You see, Mr. Mr. Michael B. Jordan, who by his own accord has the same kind of fame that you could call Tom Clancy, right? I mean, when you think Correct. of a movie like this, whenever you think of a movie with him in it, you're like, hey, you check out the new Michael B. Jordan movie. There's dozens, if not hundreds of people in this movie. But of course, you always think of larger than life, Mr. Michael B. Jordan. So... Michael B. Jordan plays this famous character in the Tom Clancy series, uh, John Kelly. He's a big character, goes on lots of adventures, and I mean, he's almost as big as Jack Ryan. I mean, he, he's the equivalent in, 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 his, in the same, uh, by the same author. He's an elite Navy SEAL, and he basically gets ousted, um, nay, blackmailed, if you will, and then his entire life falls apart. By the way, this is a very spoiler-filled episode, as we do. Maybe this is the last good time call. we say it. Yeah, maybe so, this will be the last time. Let's. Uh, but I agree. It's good to say it, but maybe this <laughs> is the last time we do it. Big spoiler before I move my lips anymore, because uh, Michael B. Jordan's entire family is murdered in his bedroom. I hope you guys got away. Otherwise, you're Murder. in it. You're in it now. Um, just brutally murdered. Um, it with with ties into to uh, to, to the Russians and and inner government workings and appeasement and red tape and this this movie has everything with Michael B. Jordan just trying to race against time uh, in order to stop the bad guys and get a little revenge in his life. That's right. That's why they call it without remorse. Well done, Kirk. That was, that was lovely. True. Thank you. Thank you. Thank lovely. you. 
All right. Well, shall we get into the review? We, uh, you know, since we're recapping things um, and we we mentioned the spoiler, we do our reviews in four parts. We do well, technically five. We do the Oscar goes to, which is our best performer, scene stealer, which is the person who knocked our socks off. Um, we do showstopper, which is the biggest like, whoa, this is the thing that I thought was so cool about this movie. We do director shoes, which is like, here's what I would have changed, and then we do our overall thoughts and scores. So let's get started with the Oscar goes to Kirk. Why don't you kick us off, my friend? Easy peasy. This goes to Mr. Michael B. Jordan, our leading man. This movie had some some pitfalls in the writing, uh, which is kind of shocking because it's based off of a book. And some of my favorite movies in the past couple of years have been either based on a true story or they've had the original uh, the the original uh, script manuscript power coming straight from uh, an original source like a book, like a poem, like a short story. So it was once again, more credit to Michael B. Jordan's uh, acting power and prowess to be able to see him take this role on and fight through those scenes. And honestly, I feel like he probably dropped some dialogue and just stared at the at the other actors at some points because, man, the man wears everything on his sleeve his emotions his raw emotion when his wife and his unborn child are murdered you don't even see them and that's a perfect directorial move because the the idea of what you can create in your mind is often more horrific uh, than what they could ever potentially try to show you and his grief and his just disgust uh, are just pouring, pouring out of, out of his pores. Um, Just, just throughout the film, he just seamlessly comes into every scene and he just, uh, he reads the room, he reads the actors and he is acting with them. And that's one of the, one thing that we, we've, we probably haven't talked about enough on this is that there are a lot of actors out there who can act on their own and Mm -hmm. can hold their own. And even if they're in a a room full of un uh, unexperienced actors or just people who aren't with it or are phoning it in, what Michael B. Jordan always does is he makes sure that he's holding that relationship tight with the other person. And through his relationship with Jamie Bell in this through with Guy Pierce through Jody Turner Smith, through and through, he develops individual specific relationships with them and he holds them to it. And you can see how powerful that is in his script work and his scene work. So I've gone on too long. Michael B. Jordan wins. Yeah, it's a great call. I, I mean, I think so. Obviously, for me, it's Michael B. Jordan as well. Um, he's he's the one I'm giving my Oscar to. I think a, a great point you mentioned that I'm just going to sort of uh, add to you is, is the Michael B. Jordan presence in this film is one that was desperately needed and one that he just provides so effortlessly. For me, it's 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 everything. His whole aura, his essence, his ability to command the screen with his physical presence, his movements. You know, whenever he's doing the military scenes, you can tell that he cares a ton and he's doing the best that he can to make it look as real as possible and those little details and picking up on that part and not just his delivery and not just the big emotional moments that's what makes him one of the great young actors that we have and i thought that he brought that 100 percent in this movie i thought that um he was asked uh, as you sort of alluded to to deliver some pretty tough lines uh and there were times where you could tell that he was just like you said, building the relationship, uh, creating dialogue out of thin air to to make it more genuine. I mean, there it was obvious that that was happening at times, but that's what good 
performers and actors do. And Michael B. Jordan is certainly in that category. And uh, you know, this performance was 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 no different. So, got to give it up to our man, Michael B. Michael B. Michael That's right. B. Michael Kirk, B. I want to know who's your scene stealer? Who was the under the radar performance that uh, that gotcha? It's gonna go to Mister. Billy Elliot himself, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This dude, uh, he came from Billy Elliot fame, and he just continues to just blow it out of the water. Every time I see him, uh, he he again this is this is an underrated actor for me because i've seen him in some roles where he is the leading role and he kills it so i'm really looking forward to seeing jamie bell get more and more roles get right there uh, front and center so right for right now it's fine that he's in the background that he is in the, in the supporting role because he kills that every time and maybe he's just leading up to that leading man role uh i love that they they did a bait and switch on us uh from the get-go thinking like this dude's this dude's got some stuff he's got some baggage right uh that that they were gonna say this he's he's the head honcho he's the big bad in this and then they it, it wasn't and it was very clear and the reveal of that was very nice it wasn't i don't know it wasn't campy it, it was just you know michael b jordan like choking him out and it was very apparent like nah he would have talked he would have talked if there was something to say so jamie bell you, sir, uh, my eyes are glued to you. Uh, I, I see you. There's a chair here for you in my studio and cams. Uh, there is a throne for Michael B. Jordan, but maybe one day you can also have that throne or a similar one next to him. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I agree with what you said. I, I think I always think it's interesting when... Uh, like I always wonder what what goes into the actor's process when they when they read the full script, and they realize that they have been cast as the red herring, you know, as yeah. as the person that is supposed to throw people off the scent. I feel like that would get in your head a little bit, but um, it didn't for Jamie Bell. I thought he did a great job. I agree. Uh, my scene stealer is going to somebody who I find to be criminally underrated and 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 underappreciated in the industry, and that's Guy Pierce. I, I love yeah. Guy Pierce. I, I fell in love with Guy Pierce during LA Confidential. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think he's fantastic in that role. He is fantastic in roles where he plays an authoritative figure. He is able to ground those characters in a way where like they try to write these characters as like these larger than life people but guy pierce is able to bring it down to a human level and still maintain that that presence that like authoritarian figure and he was in that role again he was secretary clay um who presided over the navy seals and um you know again spoiler he ends up being in on this plot to f basically frame the russians for taking out some Navy SEALs to start a war because they they need a war to kind of like raise the morale and give people something to pay attention to. So it's this very sinister government plot. And I thought Guy Pierce was excellent in his role uh, as sort of the secret evil uh, secretary of the of the military branch. So um, not, don't have much more to say there except for let's let's put some respect on Guy Pierce's name. I know people people slam him and I'm not here for that at all. I think he's great. Who slams him? People do, man. People like what? he's one of those I feel like he's I mean, maybe this is just my perception, but I feel like he's one of these actors that just like 
becomes like almost a Nickelback joke. Like, oh. like one of these that people are like, oh yeah, Guy Pierce is it. I don't know. It, maybe this is totally my perception. I want to hear from other people too, but I feel like How people dare them. treat him as a punching bag. But I'm like, listen, watch LA Confidential and shut up because that yeah, movie man. is awesome and he is awesome in it. Dude, watch him in The Count of Monte Cristo yes, with the sir. opposite Jim Caviezel. I mean, he's just so royal. Uh, one day we'll see Guy Pierce be knighted. I- I'm convinced as well. He's just so fantastic. Uh, I mean, he's just he's just professional. I, lo- I love how you said how he grounded it because there it's very easy to just be, be a caricature uh, of this, you know, grimy, uh, superficial. Yep. It, it looks, it reads like like a like a comic book character almost that you would have to just be maniacal and ah oh, man he grounds it every time so wonderful sure. choice wonderful Thank choice you, sir let's uh let's talk showstopper kirk what was the <laughs> what was the part of the movie that you thought was really impressive well for my showstopper i'm going to try and reenact uh the moment in which michael b jordan uh sees his <laughs> wife dead in their bed okay. with their unborn child because it's a horrifying horrible moment so i want to bring some some gravity to it. Hold on, I've got to... Wait, actually, hold on. Let me crawl in because he I mean, crawls absolute, in. Hold on. Absolute silence as I get the character. <laughs> absolute silence. <laughs> Remember, he's been shot at this point. Correct. He's been shot. And Multiple this is, times, yeah. Ho- hopefully you're watching because this is going to be pretty silent for the first like 30 <laughs> seconds. And I know this is a podcast. <laughs> this is so great radio. We, Just go ahead. That's that's my that's wow. <sighs> Got to give it up, man. What a pro! I felt I felt a little rushed. Let me do it. Let me do it one more time. <laughs> yeah, let's let run it back. <laughs> let me get it right. Hold on, hold on. Here we go again. <laughs> no, that scene. That scene is is really incredible. Also, side note, I've been thinking about this for a while. This has nothing to do with the uh, with the uh, showstopper. But uh, what about what if we did monologue Mondays, Cameron? What if we did monologue Ooh, Mondays? Go on. In which we pick a scene. A monologue uh, in which we need. Oh, thank you, thank you. I got I got a bravo from our, from our fan on Discord, Mary FKN Sunshine. You're the best. Thank you so much. So, what if we do like one monologue from an, from the movie that we watch, uh-huh. and we perform it on Mondays? We take turns. I think that'd be pretty fantastic. <laughs> per- perhaps. I mean, I'm not formally trained in acting, but we we might be able to make it happen. And then we do uh, scene study Saturdays. So then you and I do some do like a character work together on Saturdays, uh-huh. and then we figure out some clever names for the rest of the week. And we're gonna sing. We're gonna sing too. I like that. Another recommendation wow, from Discord. This schedule's getting really packed. Yeah, it's man. Really packed. Yeah. No sleep. No sleep. Well, I'll but have to talk to my manager about that. But yeah, I, I'm I'm for it in theory. So or maybe just you could do all those things and I could just post it on social media and, and take credit. Okay. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Um, I'll, I'll have to um, play both parts on scene study Saturday, but that's fine. I'll, yes. I'll figure it out. I'll that's figure within it out. your wheelhouse. I would say <laughs> uh, that, that moment it, it's just, there's nothing better in this movie than that moment because um, it's a very difficult scene to pull off to, to express the grief of, of losing a loved one in such a horrific way uh, to be that vulnerable. I mean, I did a pretty good job just a few minutes ago, but yeah, nailed it. 
<laughs> but it's very, very difficult to conjure that up. You really have to do some some deep digging, find you know some sense, some sense, memory, emotional recall of who you would in real life uh, be missing, uh, be tragically horrified, and then surface that. There's some deep stuff in there. So, um, I, I mean, as we all know, actors are messed up in the head because they have to think up some pretty terrible things. The better the actor the more messed up their head is. So Michael B. Jordan, um, uh, I pray for you. I hope you are doing okay because you're an incredible actor. Yeah, agreed. Good, good call. Um, and it looks like we're having some, some stream difficulties here, which is weird because like we are still live and oh. I can see you and hear you, but, uh, it's, uh, it says we're offline. So that's, that's interesting, but we'll just keep chugging along here Okay. And hopefully we hopefully we catch back the train in in a little bit here. Um, okay, here's my showstopper. It is so. First of all, I just want to start off by saying that this production is pretty darn good overall. Like I thought the I thought that the quality of the overall movie production was solid. Um, it looked good. Uh, sounded good and it you know throughout it was consistent i thought there was there was good camera work there was there was good stylistic choices there was lots of good sound so i mean i think the production of this is really strong but i'm going to be a little bit more specific for my showstopper and go with the sound mixing and editing um the sound mixing and editing yeah. because i thought that um the way that the volume didn't have to adjust. I didn't touch my remote once, not yeah. one time. And this is an action movie. And that is incredibly difficult to do. We, there are movies that win sound awards at the Academy Awards, like <laughs> that I have a hard time keeping EQ'd out. And um, not this one. This one, I, I didn't have to touch the dial at all. And they did a really good job of when they're in active combat, having it so that um, you know you can still hear the guns firing but you can hear the dialogue crisp and clear and it doesn't take anything away from the realism i think so many directors want it to be just deafeningly loud for the realism effect but i think you can get that same effect and still have clear dialogue and i thought they did that really well also the sound effects of the silenced guns the explosions Everything that you get in an action movie, there was a there was a plane crash scene in this movie that I thought was really well done. Um, so I mean, the sound for me was great. I mean, f like I I'm gonna say it again because I'm so shocked by it. For me to be able to watch an action movie and not have to touch my remote and get the full stereo surround experience is pretty impressive. Um, so I give them credit for that. I perhaps underestimated them on that early on in the movie and then as it went on i was like wow they're doing a they're doing a really great job with this so that's that's where my showstopper lies fantastic point maybe that should be the only quality in the academy awards for sound editing because man i i mean i'm watching soul the other night and i'm just like turning turning it up turning it down turning it up uh -huh. turning it down i mean this is the movie that won for best animated but maybe it maybe we should be a little bit more harsh on on the sound editing because i just want <laughs> it's an wanted... important factor man it is like it it matters and like yes it's yes a huge part of it is just like getting the right sounds and swelling mm -hmm. the music at the right times and doing all that stuff but but so much of it is like 
dude, if I'm trying to watch this and I have, I go from a scene where I'm trying to listen closely to the dialogue and the next scene, my ears are exploding because there's right. like a firefight breaking out. Like that is not an enjoyable experience and that's not how the movie should go. I want to set it and forget it. And I want to not lose my suspension of disbelief by turning the volume up and down. It really, right. it really messes yes, with me, man. That's part of it. That is part of it for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my showstopper. Excellent Kudos call to the sound out. team. They did an awesome job. Bravo. I could have looked up their names and I didn't, but uh, you know, that's what happens when you choose to be sound people. It's right. a thankless job. So it really, truly, you truly only have is. yourselves to, you only have yourselves to blame on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kirk, what's your director's shoes, man? Oh, my director's shoes. This movie is forgettable. It's forgettable. It's got some weird stuff that happens like when uh, so Michael B. Jordan goes to jail, of course, and then he beats up like 30 guards and then they're like, eh, Dude, it's all good, man. Wild. It is a pretty fantastic <laughs> scene. It's a great scene. But as far as like intellectual progression of the plot, like it's like, nah, like he he should have had to like fight his way out of the prison or some someone should have had to infiltrate him and get him out of there uh you know cuz then straight after that after this very very violent scene where he destroys all of these guards they're like hey man we're going to give you a gun and every weapon that you need and you're going to come out there with us and you're going to go help us find these people uh, but then you're going back to jail as a felon so just a heads up you know that's what's coming like no, no, that just wouldn't happen. That, that, that just wouldn't happen. That part, that part uh, grinds my gears, if you will. Uh, various things that, that just happen throughout. Some of the writing just, just really fails. Uh, I mentioned that Michael B. Jordan really shines above the script. Uh, there's a moment in the scene in which the, the tone of his voice completely changes for about 45 seconds. He like, turns around uh to face um uh to face Greer, you know, kind of his partner and his voice is very is very focused and then it's like a little boy for a little while and then it like foams back to focus like it <laughs> just it's like what happened there like the director didn't catch that like yeah. he's locked in on this entire performance like things like that that just really made no sense as to why they got missed and Ultimately, I don't remember this movie. I watched it less than 48 hours ago. I don't remember how it ended. And I was fully awake for the whole thing. That's kind of a bad sign, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it's got this weird um, you know, mid-credit scene that's trying to blow up the further universe of uh John Kelly. I just feel like if we if we were gonna you know go for this Amazon Prime uh, or whoever the real studio is that produced this, but if we were really gonna go for this and make this a series, um, let's make it good. Let's hit the ground running, and it just it just wasn't fully fleshed out uh, throughout. Yep. Yeah, I think Paramount was behind this. Maybe. How dare them! This would have been before. Not that that matters. It does. It doesn't matter at all. So I don't even know why I care. Uh, but I just <laughs> I vaguely remember seeing Paramount because I was like, huh, that's interesting that this is on Prime. But you know how that goes. Yes. Um, Paramount Plus wasn't a thing yet. Yada yada yada, etc. Um, yeah, good good pick for director shoes for me. Here, here, here's my bold statement. I have I have issues with this movie for sure. Um, here's what I'll boil it down to. I will posit that this movie. 
posit. Would, you will posit. <laughs> I don't know if that is buzzword. Contextually correct. So don't draw attention Ladies to it. I was just trying gentlemen. to gentlemen. I was just trying to sneak it in there. Somebody's gonna well actually me after this. Um, but here's what I will say, and I will not posit it. <laughs> I will just say you will deposit it. I will, de- I will deposit this for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are correct. Posit verb. All assume right. Assume as a fact. Assume as a fact, but forward as a basis of argument. You are 100% correct. There we go. I take a few grammar risks every episode just to keep myself sharp. <laughs> just keep keep the keep the listeners on their toes as well. See if anybody will call me out. So that was one of them. Um, anywho, as what, you I will, what I will posit is that this movie would have been lots better had it not been called Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. And here is why. I think that the fact that this was a, a Tom Clancy adaptation is it was holding this movie back and making it have a bit of an identity crisis because first of all and i am not a reader of tom clancy books but after some brief research i can tell you that this movie is nothing like the book that it is based on (laughs) nothing at all um for his wife doesn't even have the same name she dies in a car accident not from getting murdered uh he meets somebody else named pam and ends up getting tied up with something involving her it has nothing to do with the russians or any sort of government plot it's like way way different the only real um similarity is that john kelly is the, is the main character and and that by the end of the movie he's john clark so um interesting choice there but i think the fact that it was based on this tom clancy movie or on this Tom Clancy book kind of gave it this identity crisis where they had to like try to fit some things in with that. But like, and it was like, they knew by putting Tom Clancy in there that they would attract Tom Clancy fans. But I think that also hindered the movie because there's the character development on this John Kelly guy is terrible. It's horrible. And actually on everybody, the character dev is bad. The only really good bit of character development we get with John Kelly, Michael B. Jordan, is the family dynamic between him and his wife, Pam, um, which is good and and leads to Mm -hmm. a a pretty good payoff. But other than that, you have no idea why this guy is like an amazing military force. What's his background? What's he been through? Why is he on this mission? You know, what are his relationships within the, the intelligence agencies and the Navy? And like, you know, nothing. You're just dropped into the middle of it. And I'm like, is that for the Tom Clancy fans? I don't know, because let me tell you something. From quickly <laughs> Googling Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, the fans of the book are not pleased with this one because, like I said, it is nothing like the the book at all. So I just think that was a weird choice. It would have actually been better just to give it some random action movie title and say, hey, look, it's a Michael B. Jordan action movie where he's a Navy SEAL, and people would have been like, oh, cool. Um I think that would have been a better choice. I don't know. That's just, that's my take. I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, that's a really great argument. That's a really great posit. Can I use it as a noun? Dang I it. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, like I said, I know nothing about the word. I just threw it in there. But how funny that it's nothing like the book. Nothing. I love that. Nothing at all, actually. <laughs> that's, and, and it's funny because I try to find out as little as possible about like movies that I go in and watch, but a lot of times afterwards I'll go like, if it's based on something particularly, I'll go like, look at some facts about the author so I can bring it into the show. And so yeah. then whenever I found a synopsis of the book, I was like, huh? Like <laughs> this is nowhere close. Um, 
really, really weird, really weird choice. But that, that I think is the root cause of many of the issues that branch out from it. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But with that, let's go into our final thoughts and scores. Kirk, the floor is yours. What are your final thoughts on Tom Clancy's without remorse? Thank you. Thank you for this, uh, for this category. I would like to act out the scene in which just kidding. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> I will play Jamie Bell and Michael B. Jordan as they're in a fight, uh, strangling each other. This, this movie is decent. It's all right. You know, it's got a lot of potholes. A lot of times we can, uh, categorize films and rate them when, they are what they are when they are a very certain kind of film, when they fall into a very niche category. This one is an action movie. That's about it. If it's not like a full blown action movie, because it tries to again, ground itself and give a a, a sort of realism, probably why the Russians were brought into this film, which is a smart move. It makes sense. Uh, Lots of tension with them right now. Shout out uh, Putin. And <laughs> shout out Vladimir Putin, baby. <laughs> this is not a pro Putin podcast. Let's let's also throw that in there. But I think I think that how forgettable this movie is is what resonates with me the most. That the action part of it doesn't even really stick with me. Um, it doesn't even uh, there's not even a, re- a remote part of it besides that one scene in the jail cell. Besides that. And him losing his wife that I'm like, do you remember the other part of this movie? Like, I can't recall anything else, which is sad. So I'm sorry, Michael B. Jordan. It was a flop for me. I'm going to give this 3.7 kernels out of 10. Youchy. Youch. We need the prices right. <laughs> sound effect. Bum, 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 bum. That's what we need. That's what we need <laughs> for for like any sub four score. That's yes. what we need. Um, okay, thanks for that, Kirk. I'm gonna give my final thoughts and scores. It, this was an interesting one for me. When I'm going down the line, I'm like, production value good, sound good, dialogue bad, plot bad. You know, I'm like. <laughs> It's kind of balancing it out. And so the score that I'm going to give this movie is is pretty balanced. And I'm going to give it a 5.0 out of 10. I think hmm. it is one of these movies that's like it actually kept my attention. I started it at um I started it at like 10 p.m. last night or something like that. Maybe it was actually probably later. And I watched the whole thing. I what I didn't get tired. I didn't get distracted. I just right. kind of watched it cuz there was there was decent pacing in terms of like action mixed with dialogue. The dialogue itself was awful, as I mentioned, Um, but it was enough to make me go, "Ah, I want to see how this kind of turns out. And so for me, it's like, I wouldn't call this a good movie. I wouldn't call it an awful movie. And so for me, it's a 5.0 out of 10. I don't know if I've ever given out one of those guys, but there it is a perfect fitty right down the middle for, uh, for Tom Clancy's without remorse starring Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Okay. Nice. All right. That's our review. If you want to check out, if you haven't already checked it out, you now know everything that happens in that movie. (laughs) But if you still need to check it out or if you want to watch it again, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, That's that's the only place, I believe, that you can go see this movie. So if you have a Prime subscription, go check it out. And now, Kirk, if if my show notes are correct, I believe you have a game for us. Is that that true? That is true. That is correct. Are you ready, Cam, to play the game? Did I tell you the title of this game? No, but I'm going to start the music. 
I'll do it. Uh. Uh. Yeah. All right. I want to know the title. Let's go. The title of this game is called With Remorse. With Remorse. That's right. With, uh, it could be called with great remorse, but uh-huh. <laughs> that doesn't fit into the, the title of the movie. So, Cam, what I want to do is I want to tell you some uh, some facts about an actor. Uh, sometimes I might give you the facts of the actor. Sometimes I might give you the facts of the movie. Okay. I'm going to flip it around. There's no rules to this game, which makes it complicated. <laughs> sure. And I want you to figure out what, what movie it was that the actor had remorse of filming and doing for whatever reason or what actor had remorse did i say that opposite you, the movie no, you said actor both times dang it well let's just do that then how about that i just changed the remorse <laughs> that, works. that works this is really fleshed out i'm loving it i thank you very much thank you very much you need to guess the actor of this film that i'm talking about so the first movie up This is a movie about vampires. It's about love. It's a franchise. There are diamonds in it. And you need to tell me which actor or actress from this series highly regretted this this entire franchise and wanted to get out of it as fast as they possibly could. Arpats, right? No? That is correct. Yes. Robert Pattinson for Twilight. Yeah, he hated it. (laughs) <laughs> he did. He really, really did. And rightfully so. I, you know, I remember going to see uh, the second one in theaters uh, because uh-huh. it, it was the only movie to see. And I was on a road trip. One of the quotes that he says about how much he hated it. He says, <laughs> it's weird kind of representing something you don't particularly like. Uh, <laughs> and how he this is such a good quote. He mindlessly hated the series. <laughs> Oh, man, it's pretty fantastic. It's pretty fantastic. So number one, out the gate. Very good job. Very good job. This next one up, Cam, with remorse. Tell me uh-huh. the actor or actress who was in the superhero movie. Now there's a lot to choose from I there. I was going to so say, hold on now. Good luck, because this could be from any time in, in film history. They hated this. They hated this movie with a passion, um, more so for the experience than it was because of the actual uh, bad writing of the film. This actor or actress was told that they weren't pretty enough when they cried. They were literally told to cry prettier, and thus they hated this movie. One more hint for you: it's an ensemble piece. It is an ensemble superhero it's an movie. Ensemble superhero movie. Tell me the actor or the actress. They weren't pretty enough when they cried. Ensemble superhero movie. Is the movie Fantastic Four? (gasps) That is the movie, yes. Okay. Is it Jessica Alba? That is correct! I thought I remembered that. Very nice, very nice. Which... A little sad because John Watts was the director of that film, who was the director of all of our favorite Spider-Man films. Uh, So he's grown, he's learned, but that really rubbed her the wrong way, Uh, rightfully so, because she was trying to give (laughs) a a joyful, not a joyful performance, but a a, a real performance. Yeah, genuine. No, no. Can you just um, be prettier when you cry, please? (laughs) <laughs> Listen, That's... I cry how I cry, all right? <laughs> I don't want you to be ugly. 
you know, <laughs> a little bit of Lauren Michaels in there. So this next one, number three, I believe, of yes. With Remorse. This actress also is from a superhero movie, but the movie we're talking about is not a superhero movie. This movie is a sequel to a very popular musical that came out in the late 70s. The sequel came out in the early 80s, should never have been made. There were only two of these movies ever made. John Travolta was in the first one, but what I'm talking about is the sequel. Who regrets making the sequel so, so much? Ooh. Grease 2? It is Grease 2. Oh, who would that be? Remember, the actor was in a superhero movie as well. Wait, I never saw Grease 2. Is it the same cast? No. It is not the same cast. Oh. There might be one or two characters that came back just for giggles and a paycheck, but other than that, no. And it was in the 80s. 1982. Marissa Tomei. Guessing. No, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Catwoman. Yes, yes. Because she played the good Catwoman in the superhero movie in Batman. Uh, but in Greece 2, she says, at the time I was young and I didn't know any better <laughs> by being in this movie. But I'll tell you what. That, that movie, while it is terrible, it has some really catchy tunes. If you listen to the soundtrack, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty ridiculously fun. And uh, I got to say that what what's good that came out of this is that the next film she did was well, she was in Scarface with uh, with Mr. Uh, with Mr. Al Pacino. So yeah. it paid off in some degree. But ultimately, there was some <laughs> deep rooted remorse for having been in that film. See, All I, right, have how about I have regrets because like whenever you grow up after movies come out, you don't get to see any of the old bad movies, I feel like. You only see the old good movies because that's what people are like, hey, you have to check out this. This is a classic. So I, I missed yeah. out on Grease too. I, I, I'm going to have to swing back and watch it now. Well, I got to say, I, I have watched it and uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to watch. <laughs> it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Um, maybe we can live stream that on like a movie night. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I will sing all of the songs and everyone can listen to me. Um, here's our final one. This one's big. This one's big. This, may, this arguably is the largest Disney Channel original movie to ever Ooh. grace the Disney uh, franchise and Disney, Disney Channel. This actor uh, has stated that he wishes he had never done the series. Arguably, it would have never made this actor famous. Ooh. There are three films, one of there... which went straight to the theaters. Two of oh, which... Oh, well, then it's Zac Efron. It is Zac Efron! The high School Musical. Very nice. That is right. How can you, as Zac Efron, knowing that High School Musical created you, Man, hate High School Musical. I know, right? How can you do that? It's, it's a little, it's a little. Maybe he didn't want to be created. Everything about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, he I, was I don't created. Know what I'm trying to get at there. Um, he was but, created in a Disney lab, and he broke. He's broken free from it, and he's trying to get away. What's from funny that. about that is the thing that threw me off the set was you calling it a Disney Channel original movie because that movie was so big that I like it doesn't even register as that to me, even though. I DVR'd that movie and watched it 30,000 times with yes. the little Disney Channel commercial break thing. Um, mm -hmm. So I should know that, but it like that totally threw me. But yeah, High School Musical, man. 
a classic. That's it. He has remorse. He says he's tried to do lots of things since, but he'll always be remembered as that um, expletive kid from high school movie, <laughs> high school musical. <laughs> oh, poor Zac Efron. Yeah, which that's is too bad. Which is true. But the good news is he's got the acting chops to back it up. I've seen him in, in some wonderful things since. It's so true. It's true. He's he's legit now. That's the thing. He he is he's the real deal now. So he doesn't have to worry about that. There will there will come a time where he's not remembered for that. Probably probably. That's right. All right. Well, that was a fun game with remorse. I went three for four on that, which is much better than I normally do on these games. <laughs> so I will I will take it. I will definitely take it. All righty. That is our show for for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are glad to be back, man. It feels good to be back in the studio recording after a week off. Um, We've got a lot of exciting things in the hopper. First of all, if you've been listening, um, you know, every week, you've noticed that we've got no spilled popcorn going on right now. That is by design. We don't have a particular show that we're following. We're probably going to rev it back up again. Um, for Loki, which is at the beginning of June. And until then, I don't know what we're going to do, but we will figure something out. One thing that is coming back, Kirk doesn't even know this. This is big. Um, The 52-week movie challenge is coming back. I started it last year during the pandemic as a blog and then had a second kid. My life got too busy to blog. So I'm going to, I'm going to run it back as a vlog and do it uh, as a video series. So I'm still trying to figure out because and this is just, you can hear my thought process out loud right now, but I'm yes, still trying to yes. figure out how I can make it as engaging as possible. Cause I want to build community around it and I want everybody to be able to watch the movies with me and then, mm-hmm. you know, hear the review because that's, that's what makes it fun. So I got to work out the kinks there before it comes back, but that'll be happening sooner rather than later. The 52 week movie challenge. Say it with me, Cam monologue Monday, monologue Monday, monologue Monday. That's how you do it. It's growing on me because it's alliterative (laughs) and because you keep saying it over and over again. So it's (laughs) eventually it's just going to sink into my brain and it'll happen. So yes, we'll see. Uh, but other than that, we are back at you. Um, we'll have regular episodes from here on out. And, uh, I don't know what we're reviewing next week. The leader in the clubhouse, I would say, is The Mitchells versus The Machines, which is on Netflix. So I'd recommend you check that one out. But we'll let you know as soon as we know what we are reviewing. As always, we're going to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Mr. Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band who created our original music. That band is called Redrick. Those guys are awesome. Check them out on Amazon Music, Apple Music, wherever else. We will see you guys next week. Talk to you then.